You're listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. I'm Garrett Ashley Mullet, and I want to talk about everything. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show, coming to you piping hot and fresh from Greeley, Colorado, in Weld County, northeastern Colorado, to be more general. Actually, that's not more precise, more specific. People never work in that direction, do they? You ever notice that? seems like people always start from the 30,000-foot view, and then they zoom in. But how often do we start on the zoomed in and then move out? Anyway, just a thought. Today is August 12th, 2021. This is episode 124 of season three, episode 189 of the Garrett Ashley Mullet Show podcast. Today I have a bit of a stream of consciousness. I need to unburden my heart and my mind. And part of the nature of uh, the problem at hand is that this is a busy week. So work, I've got my, in theory, nine to five, that's more like a seven to five. And in the evenings, I've been trying to prepare for several things coming up this coming weekend. Friday night, I have Ingladii Veritas. So far as I know, we still have Ingladii Veritas with Mr. Joseph Crampton and Mr. Bobby McPherson. By the way, Joseph, thank you for the feedback on the Coolidge episode. I'm glad you enjoyed that and that that was beneficial to you as you're working on studying Coolidge vis-a-vis a different, another uh, book, another biography of his. But I've got In Gladii Veritas, The Sword of Truth, writing club on Friday night, and I still need to write an essay for that, which I haven't done yet, haven't started on it yet. But that's Friday night, <clears throat> and then on Saturday morning, I have a special treat for all of you listeners. Micah Hirschberger will be joining me on the Garrett Ashley Mullet Show. He will be our guest as we talk about a concerning trend we're seeing with a number of different YouTube slash podcast channels that we've been following as we're trying to keep a finger on the pulse of what's going on with evangelical Christianity and wokeism. We see J.D. Hall, Jordan Hall, as I know him, but he goes by J.D. Hall online and also Gideon Knox. Gideon Knox is the alias he came up with on Facebook when people he was bullying blocked his primary account. They blocked Jordan Hall on Facebook. And so he created an additional account. And that additional account, at least the one that I know of, he called Gideon Knox. And as opposed to his usual account, where he was frowning and trying to look very serious and very badass cowboy for all of the folks in the wider world. Gideon Knox, by contrast, has a nice cheerful smile on his face. He's a friendly fellow. You can trust him. Don't worry about blocking Gideon Knox. He's just 
keeping tabs on you to see if you're saying anything that he might object to uh, <laughs> after having blocked him. So we keep seeing J.D. Hall on these various channels. He's popping up. He's being brought on as a guest. And that's concerning. That, that is concerning for Micah and I. So we're going to discuss that on the podcast. For the first time, he will be coming on my podcast. I was a regular feature on his podcast, Micah's podcast, On the Rocks blog podcast. And we're going to have him on the Garrett Ashley Mullet Show podcast Saturday morning. So keep an eye out for that. I think you'll enjoy it. I think you'll benefit from it, our back and forth. But for right now, I've got all of the prep work rattling around in my head. And I have to kind of differentiate and separate out the prep work for that podcast episode, the prep work for Ingladia Veritas with McPherson and Crampton. Uh, Saturday afternoon, I've got music practice with Lucas Abernathy and Jack Wiest at church. We're going to practice for music Sunday morning. And then Sunday night, we've got preaching and teaching training. I have a sermon most of the way prepared. I want to do some fine-tuning, and I want to work on the conclusion. But I have the manuscript typed up, and I need to get that sent off to Paul Pavlik, pastor at Summit View Community, for him to take a look at it and review and give me some feedback. But last night, I decided, you know what, I'm going to take a break from the sermon prep. I'm going to wait on writing my essay for Ingladiae Veritas. That'll probably happen tonight. It needs to happen tonight. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm not going to have an essay for uh, the guys. But last night, I decided to sit down and watch several recent YouTube videos with J.D. Hall. And I have a couple of observations. One is that J.D. Hall, in his video from, I think it was six weeks ago, looks a lot healthier. He looks a lot healthier than he used to. He's lost a lot of weight. He's grown his hair out a little bit to something he can actually comb instead of just buzzing it. He's dressing a little bit more in a, a dignified, uh, self-respecting way. And uh, that's good to see, right? I, I think that is a positive sign where his mental health, his emotional health, and I really, really do hope spiritual health, but I'm cautious to say this, where his spiritual health is concerned. And that is my chief concern, is that J.D. Hall... Jordan Hall, Gideon Knox, whatever you want to call him, is not a stable person. He is not a healthy person. And God knows the situation with him better than I do. And I want to be very careful to not say something beyond what it is that I actually know. But from my observations, up close and personal, from being very, very involved with a lot of people who had been hurt they had been collateral damage for Jordan Hall's larger ambitions, his broader, more national, more global, or historical ambitions. From those interactions, I cannot look at J.D. Hall being a guest on John Harris's 
podcast, Conversations That Matter, and avoid uh, a great deal of trepidation. I feel a great deal of trepidation. And it was interesting. I watched uh, a bit of his back and forth. I didn't catch the last 10 minutes just yet because I'm busy, as I said, trying to get ready for a sermon, trying to get ready for writing uh, group, trying to get ready for music practice on Saturday. I've got my work. I've got my wife, my pregnant wife, and our seven children, an eighth on the way. Uh, I'm busy, right? But I watched all but the last 10 minutes, and I will go back and watch the last 10 minutes of this John Harris, J.D. Hall podcast, talking about what's going on in the SBC and what is going on with wokeism and evangelical Christianity. And Jordan called it, right? Like everybody, give him his... 15 minutes of fame and limelight, Jordan called it years and years ago. Well, congratulations. Lots of people called it. You're not the only one. You know, stop congratulating yourself. For my part, for Micah's part, we've been writing about these things since 2015. September of this year marks six years of writing and podcasting in earnest about the social and political and cultural trends in our day, the really thorny stuff, LGBTQ, racism, social justice, global warming, environmentalist hysteria, false doctrines. We've been writing about this stuff for six years. We've taken our lumps, thank you very much. Lest anyone say, You know, hey, yeah, you disagree with his tactics because you're a coward. Uh, No, help you. The Lord rebuke you. (laughs) We've taken our lumps. I personally have lost friends and family who do not speak to me still to this day because I took stands on these issues. I'm not afraid of taking some lumps, or at least I'm no more afraid of taking some lumps than J.D. Hall or anyone else is. No temptation has seized you but that which is common to man, but God is faithful. He will not put more on you than you are able to bear. But in the day of temptation and trial, he will provide an escape route. That's what we're promised in the scriptures. And yet, I worry that Jordan Hall is a kind of Venus flytrap for the folks who are concerned about these things, for the folks who are, quote-unquote, discernment bloggers, discernment ministry bloggers, which, to be clear, we never called ourselves that, never thought of ourselves as that at On The Rock's blog. We approached this whole kit and caboodle after the Supreme Court decision on marriage equality, so-called marriage equality, back in 2015. My cousin's Marshall Mullet in Minneapolis and Micah Hirschberger, first cousins of mine, in Spring Hill, Tennessee, and then myself in eastern Montana, the three of us started communicating back and forth over Facebook Messenger, coming up with what are we going to call our blog? Because we've got to work these things out, and we've got to do so in an intentional way and have the mind of Christ about this nonsense and we've got to have a good answer and we've got to be very very careful to speak the truth clearly 
without reservation, without compromise, but also with gentleness and respect. Always be ready to give an answer to anyone who asks you for a reason of the hope that lies within you, but do so with gentleness and respect. Some of us, I say this from experience, some of us really, really struggle with that first part. Always being prepared to give an answer for the reason of the hope that lies within us. Some of us have a real, some of us have a real challenge there because, and I'm not going to go into other men's stories, but I've worked alongside allies in this who lost their families, who had trouble at work, who had their livelihood threatened, who had their family and their home threatened. I personally had a whole lot of blowback on my family and myself as a deacon in our little church in eastern Montana. So some of us look at that on the front end, and we count that cost ahead of time. And it's really, really tempting to not tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help us God. Because we know that there is a cost. And there is. There is a cost. And men will say all manner of evil about you. You will be persecuted. They will hate you for it. There's enough offense in the gospel as it is inherently by nature to the world without us adding to the offensiveness of the gospel by being pricks. Jordan Hall is a prick. I'm sorry. He is. He is unnecessarily rough because so long as he can say he is standing for truth and he's fighting and this is a fight and we're acting and we're talking the same way you would in a war, help you. I've read a lot of military history. I've read a lot of the history of battles. I've had a lot of family who are veterans. I know the language. I've worked in the oil and gas industry. I know rough talk and I know when it's excusable, you could say. And I also know when somebody's an abusive jerk and they're using the occasion of the moment, the crisis of the moment, to advance themselves. Rahm Emanuel once famously said, never let a good crisis go to waste. And that is my big concern with Jordan Hall, is that he has seized on this early and often, this crisis. And even when there isn't a crisis, he spins somewhat innocuous, maybe not entirely innocuous, but by and large innocuous things in this sensationalist tabloid way to try and gin up a crisis because he knows he's like a surfer, right? He's going to ride that wave, that killer wave. And it's perverse and it's twisted and it's corrupt and it's dangerous. I send you out as sheep among wolves. We are told in the New Testament that some men outwardly appear to be sheep, and yet inwardly are ravenous wolves. Think about that word, ravenous. That means they are never satisfied. That means they are never content. They are never 
at peace. They're ravenous. They're always hungry. They're always looking for the next meal. And if you're familiar at all, at all, with Montana and the reintroduction of wolves into Yellowstone and the fact that those wolves reintroduced into Yellowstone from Canada, by the way, they weren't even the same kind of wolf that was native to the area originally. They're a larger Canadian wolf that does not balance the ecosystem. It actually throws it way out of whack. But if you're familiar at all with that, (laughs) those wolves sometimes kill just to kill, just to tear up this creature, just to tear it to pieces for the fun of it. And they don't even eat that much of it. They just leave it dead. Guts ripped out, the back end ripped out, dead in a field. That is Jordan Hall. Or at least in my experience, that is Jordan Hall. And so when I was looking through some of the recent videos, I think maybe five or six, I watched all or part of from the past six months. I was thinking to myself, here's my honest, entirely truthful, open book transparency for you. I was thinking to myself, I wrote about Jordan twice, a grand total of twice, two times at On The Rock's blog. Not because I wanted to, but because there was an intersection of occasion and conscience. And I was not able to not write about him in those situations and have a good conscience. There were more situations besides which I thought about, I considered writing about Jordan Hall publicly and then ended up not doing so because I couldn't write about him in good conscience. And so I have written about Jordan Hall when I could not pass up an opportunity to write about him in good conscience. And I've also passed over opportunities to write about him due to conscience. And I want to be clear about that. And I've had Jordan Hall reach out to me after not the more recent piece I published in January of 2020, but the earlier piece in November 2017. Jordan reached out to me privately, and he wanted to know where I go to church, who my pastor was, who the elders at my church were, And he was demanding that I retract a few lines from my piece. And this was a piece I had written and published after he was ejected from a Pentecostal revival in Dickinson, North Dakota. He and another guy from his church both went with body cameras on, wearing body cameras, and got up and interrupted this event. I'll call it that. They interrupted this event and started rebuking this Pentecostal revival circuit preacher, whatever you want to call him. And there, to be clear, there are real problems with that guy that Jordan and his guy, his right-hand man, went to interrupt. See, that's that's the tricky thing. That's the confusing thing for a lot of these folks is it seems like a good cause, And it's too easy to have a positive association between the good cause and this guy who is presenting himself as a champion of the good cause. And so I wrote about Jordan Hall and my concern 
that we would embrace Jordan Hall just because he happens to be right on this thing. Now, he may be correct in his concern about the problematic nature of this Pentecostal revival preacher, and yet that doesn't give him a blank check. And that's what Jordan Hall refuses to listen to consistently year after year after year. He refuses to listen when he is told by brothers in Christ that he is out of line in his response to sin and error. I told him privately, I told Jordan privately when we stopped attending fellowship, because to be clear, we started attending when we moved to Sydney, Montana, from Glendive, Montana, my hometown, in 2013. We attended fellowship Jordan Hall's church in Sydney, Montana, for several months. Helped out, my wife and I both helped out with the Awana program at Fellowship. I taught, or at least you should say more correctly, listened to Bible verse recitations from Jordan's children and other children. And we sat in the pews several Sundays and listened and had them over for a meal at our house and we went over for a meal at their house and we were in the same homeschool group. Our families were in the same homeschool group and I couldn't shake this deep and abiding sense of unease. My spidey sense tingled and I realized something's off here. Something's off with him. He's not a stable individual. There's a kind of sadomasochism to the way that he handles the truth. Is he rightly dividing the word of truth? Or does he grind up some glass and sprinkle it in the oatmeal before he serves it to you? What's this? Oh, it's sugar. Or it's as close to sugar as you're going to get. Eat it. It's good for you. I'm not eating that. What? You're not eating that? You don't like oatmeal? Heretic! Schismatic! Uh, no. And God help you. You abusive, toxic person, you. You ground up the glass, and you put it in my oatmeal, and you expect me to eat it, and when I refuse to eat it, I'm the bad guy. You're an abusive, toxic person. So I wrote him privately after seeing his conduct on Sunday mornings. Something was warped and twisted about the way he handled the truth and our private interactions. Every time I would tell him, with the exception of Odie Bauckham, who he had just been at a conference with, I think, for Reformation Montana, which he founded, except for Vody Bauckham, all my other influences, he wanted to know where I'd been to college, where we went to church prior, and who I listened to, if I listened to any preachers or theologians. And so I'm telling him, and one after another, he is abrasively rapid-fire, trying to tell me everything that's wrong with all of my influences. Cedarville University? Oh, have you heard about the most recent controversy with regards to Cedarville University? No, because I have other things to do with my life than follow whether Cedarville University is always correct and everybody associated with Cedarville University is always correct in everything all the time, 100%. Where did you guys go to church before? Glendive Alliance Church. Oh, yeah. There's no way I would ever let my family go to that church 
They're a mile wide and an inch deep. There's no discernment there. Uh, okay, that's cool. Especially when you say it in front of the whole Sunday night Bible study group after I've just told you that privately the week before with a sneer on your face. And, and I mean sneer. I'm not exaggerating. I mean sneer with a sneer on your face. Oh, Mark Driscoll. Yeah, did you hear about the latest controversy with regards to him? You're a mean girl, right? You're the mean girl in high school who wants to pick on everybody who's prettier than you. That's what it is. You're an ugly person on the inside and you're insecure and you feel powerful. You feel like you regain some power that you lost at some point in your life when you hurt other people and you use, this is the perverse thing about it. This is the nasty, awful, ugly, horrible, no good, rotten thing about it. You use your position as a pastor. You use your platform with pulpit and pen and now with protestia. Watch out for protestia, folks. It's just pulpit and pen as Drudge Report. Rebranded, repackaged, look a little deeper. You use these platforms, you use your title, you use your position to hurt people. And if they object, you hurt them even further by accusing them of not loving God, not loving Jesus, not loving the gospel, possibly being heretics, probably being heretics, at best being infants in Christ, babes in Christ, because they don't agree with you on every last single little issue, phrasing. They don't affirm you. And here's the tell. Here is what happens when you pull back the curtain and you look at this great and powerful Oz and the smoke and mirrors and the light show, larger than life and sound amplification and the bluff and bluster. You're this little man behind the curtain. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain, you say, trying to keep the ruse up. When someone challenges you on your conduct, your attitude, your handling of the truth, all scripture is God-breathed and suitable. That means even the scriptures, which have to do with your malicious intent, with your sneering, with your lack of gentleness, your utter lack of respect, all scriptures God breathed. And when somebody points out to you, hey, what you say and how you say it and how you interact with people and how you treat people and how you talk about situations is neither gentle nor respectful in the extreme, your response is to abuse them. To the point that you come to me when I write what I write in 2017, you want to know where I go to church, the names of my pastor, and elders, and either I'm going to retract what I wrote or you're going to quote-unquote Matthew 18 me. As if Matthew 18 is some blunt instrument you get to whack me over the head with until I give you what you want. And I told you then, and I'll tell you again, you're a bully. and You don't scare me. Pull that with somebody else because it, it doesn't sell here. It doesn't work here. Matthew 18 me, and I will, I will Matthew 18 you right back. Two can play that game. But on the other hand, here's the other issue that complicates this. Jesus says at one point, do not cast your pearls before swine. Do not give to dogs what is holy. 
Do not cast your pearls before swine. They will only trample them underfoot and then turn and tear you to pieces. Do not give to dogs what is holy. And there's this fine line in standing up to the abusive, toxic way that Jordan Hall treats people on the one hand, and on the other hand, avoiding casting pearls before swine, giving to dogs what is holy. And the only reason I bring up Jordan Hall again right now, and Micah and I will, God willing, Saturday morning, is because we're seeing other people who from a distance anyways, and we got to keep it straight, there's a difference between how somebody looks from a distance when everything's been edited, produced, shot from a certain angle, carefully choreographed, and how they look up close with their own private life. But we see A.D. Robles and John Harris over at Conversations That Matter falling under the spell of J.D. Hall. And I know what it is. I know why they are being drawn to him. It's because they're lonely and they are embattled and they feel as though you need to take allies where you can get them. But it needs to be said, it needs to be said loud and clear. We do not need to ally ourselves with the likes of J.D. Hall in order to oppose wokeism and leftism. He presents it as a false choice. You're either with me or you're against me, like he's the second coming of Christ. And it ain't so. If we fall into that trap, then we are just going to have the pendulum swing in the opposite direction to a different kind of error that's as bad or worse than the woke brand of Christianity. These quote-unquote discernment ministry bloggers like J.D. Hall, of which I think J.D. Hall is probably the worst, arguably the worst offender. They're vicious, mean-spirited people, as Vody Bakken pointed out. And that was another thing. One of the videos I watched last night was from this past January, January 2021. And it's Jordan, a.k.a. J.D. Hall, and another guy I'm not familiar with, I don't know him, but he probably has been drawn in at fellowship in some form or fashion. Jordan and his companion are ripping Vody Bakum up one side and down the other because Vody Bakum made an appearance on this Founders Ministries platform and publicly criticized the quote-unquote discernment ministry bloggers for personal attacks, for being mean-spirited, for going after specific people over and over again and being mean, rude, ugly, and ungodly in the way that they do it. And Vody Bakum said, even when they're right in the issues, in the particulars, that doesn't mean we need to get personal like they get personal. Let's debate the truth claims. Let's debate the facts. Let's leave the ad hominem at home. Or don't even leave it at home. Let's not go ad hominem. Let's deal with the facts. Let's deal with the truth claims. It is written. And Jordan Hall and his compatriot, 
called Vody Bakum a coward. Now, I say this, and for all I know, I get an email whenever Jordan Hall listens to this podcast. I get an email saying, that is slander. I'm bearing false witness against my neighbor. You can go check out the video for yourself. How about that? And Jordan, you can email me anytime you please. Or you can hit me up on Signal, because I see you on Signal, because your phone number is still in my phone, and Signal automatically paired it up. Hit me up on Signal. Come at me, bro. Bring it. You know what you were getting at. You know what you were insinuating. You also know that 29,000 out of 30,000 people in your audience did not like your video. 1,300 people thumbs downed your video going after Vody Bakum. A grand total of 111 people as of last night thumbs up your video because you're a mad dog. A guard dog is a fantastic thing when there are wolves around. A mad dog, on the other hand, you cannot keep a mad dog around children and innocent people. You are a mad dog. And I pray that God reforms you and that you are repentant because you have some serious sins to repent of. And for all I know, God's doing that work in your heart, in your mind, in your soul. And I pray that he is. But here's one thing that I, I do know is that you have not come to me and repented of your sin against me. You have not come to the people I know who you hurt and repented of your sins against them. Come to Jesus. That's all I've got for this episode. I got to run. I've got a day job. Not all of us can sit around in our basement 24 hours a day saying mean things about people. I only can do it for apparently about 30 to 40 minutes in the morning before I go to work. So stay tuned. Check out our podcast episode that drops this coming Saturday, Lord willing. And there will be a lively discussion, I promise you that, between Micah Hirschberger and myself. We'll talk this out and try to be faithful and try to be careful, try to be uh, reliably accurate and also courageous and also humble. Confidence with humility, faithfulness with reverence. As always, thank you for listening. Until next time, God bless. You've been listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. For more content like what you just heard, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Also check out thegarrettashleymulletshow.com to subscribe to email alerts when new episodes are published. As always, you can reach me with any comments, questions, complaints, objections, or insights at garrettashleymullet at protonmail.com. Thank you.